The reading this morning is from John's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 1 to 25, and is on page 1066 and page 1701 in the larger print Bibles. Page 1066, verses 1 to 25. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. 
for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Caroline, very much. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that you've given us your word inspired by your spirit, and we pray now that by your spirit you will open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So as we mentioned, we move this morning to thinking of building our community a place of encounter. I wonder how you have uh, come to church this morning. What sort of needs you have in your life or in the life of those close to you? Or what demands there are facing you with all the different pressures of life that you might have? Maybe even demands in church. Many of you are valiantly volunteering for all sorts of things in the church and serving Christ well here. How are you feeling about that? And how are you resourced and strengthened for all that you are giving out in different ways in your lives and in your ministry. It's a question we all need to uh, think about and to address. And I believe it's as we encounter God and as we meet with God in Jesus by the Holy Spirit that we are fed, we are nourished, we are refreshed, both mind, body and spirit, for all that God is calling us to be and to do in our ordinary lives, in our life here at St. Saviour's. The living God meets us in all our need by the working of his Spirit, who is the life giver, the one who gives life, to bring us to Jesus. And so it is that we encounter God in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit in all his fullness, his grace, his love, his glory. And that encounter constantly renews us and brings us transformation in our lives and strength for daily living. And now this morning, um, we've had that story read to us and we have actually um, studied that passage uh, last year in February and in our life groups and then a few years before that. So I thought this morning, instead of, which is my, as you know, my usual practice is to expound in some detail a passage of scripture, I would rather take a kind of bird's eye view of our encountering the Holy Spirit in our lives and see what scripture teaches and some allusion to the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. And so I've got three, surprisingly, points uh, to bring to you about our encounter with the Holy Spirit. It just sort of seemed to fall into place. The first is that we are born again by the Spirit of God. That's the starting point. We recognize we need to be changed, and it's through our encounter, meeting with Jesus, as the Holy Spirit works in us. And God knows all about us, and that come, becomes clear in this story, doesn't it? How the woman said, oh, meet someone who's told me all about me. He knows all about my life. 
He knows that I've had five husbands and the person that I'm now with is not my husband. Come, and then she went to tell her friends, she said, come and meet the person who's told me everything about me. God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who, who knows all about us. He knows our need. He tells us everything we ever did and he shows us our sin, he shows our need, he shows us what we're like and how much we need his forgiveness and his grace and his renewal. There is an old hymn which we never sing, I've never sung it for years, but we used to sing years ago, which goes like this. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, joined with power. Let not conscience make you linger, nor of fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. That's where it starts, our encounter with the Holy Spirit, is to feel our need. As you come to church this morning, what is your need? And then there's a wonderful line which says, all the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. This he gives you, tis the Spirit's rising beam. So you think of the sun rising in the morning, and the first light of the sun, the first dawning of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is to make us aware of our need of forgiveness, our need of God, our need of his grace, our need of Jesus. That's where it starts. And Jesus alluded to that in the chapter prior to the one we've read, when he talked to Nicodemus about, you must be born again. The Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And so this new life that God promises us by the Holy Spirit has its, its starting point that we are born again by the Holy Spirit. And I guess many of you can look back over your lives and you can just know that time or a process of time and you say, yes, the time came when I knew I had been born again by the Holy Spirit. I had a new life. My life was changed and transformed. Then the Holy Spirit brought me to Jesus because no one can say Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture says, isn't it? We can only say Jesus is Lord as the Holy Spirit makes us realize that. So that's the starting point. And that is where, like a banner over our lives, isn't it? Jesus is Lord. And that we can only say by the Holy Spirit. That continues with us. And then we belong to a new company of people when we're born again. We're all baptized in one spirit into one body and we all drink of the same spirit. Well, think of that word drink because we come back to that and it's in the story. So that's the first thing, that we're born again. It starts there. And if you've never had that experience of coming to Jesus, that's where it starts. Ask the Holy Spirit to make you aware of your need of him and to show you, which he loves to do, to glorify Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Second is that we bear fruit and grow in our lives by the Holy Spirit. That encounter transforms us, and the growth is the work of the Holy Spirit. It used to be called, in theological terms, the sanctification of the Spirit. We grow in our Christian lives, and part of that is bearing fruit. The Spirit, says Paul in Corinthians, gives life. That's the key thing, a new life in the Spirit, the life giver. And Paul goes on, we are being transformed. That's the ongoing work of the Spirit. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
So it's the Spirit of God who transforms us, and then we bear fruit in our lives. Galatians 5.22, which you know well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we experience the Holy Spirit, he brings about that fruit. And that in turn leads to worship. And we just say, Lord, you've done all this in my life and you're continuing to do it. And Jesus said here about worship, didn't he? He said, actually, we come to worship in spirit and in truth. True worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And uh, Paul brings this out in Ephesians. He says, when you're filled with the Spirit, you will speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your hearts to the Lord. So our worship in our own hearts, but also together in this place of encounter, is inspired by the Spirit of God when we're filled with the Spirit and we encounter Him in the fruitfulness of our lives and in our growth, and then to in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He gives, for our own blessing, but also primarily for the building up of the church, for the building of the kingdom of God, for our common life to encourage one another and to make Jesus known. So in bearing fruit and in growing, the good news is this, that we're not on our own. You know, we don't have to sort of screw ourselves up and say, I've got to try and do this and be that and be the other and do the other. The good news is that the Holy Spirit of God in his wonderful, gentle, and powerful working in our lives, he is the one who brings about the transformation in us. He begins it with the new life as we're born again. He continues that work of renewing and transforming our lives by his, the fruitfulness, by the giftings, by the filling of his spirit, and then our worship in all these different ways. And so whatever your need is this morning, you're not on your own. The Spirit of God is with you to meet you at that point of need as Pam was praying and to uh, continue to refresh you and strengthen you and nourish you for all the demands that you may be facing at the moment. You know, there's a lovely picture in uh, Jeremiah of um, a tree, and you probably know this uh, picture. Let me just read it to you. Uh, because it draws out this thought of the spirit as the, as the water, or just as Jesus says. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So you see, it's rooted, drawing the water, and then bearing the fruit. And that's uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, in case you want to note it. Seven and eight. And so that's how it is for us, isn't it? That when we're in Christ, when we're filled and in touch with the Holy Spirit in this place of encounter in our personal lives and together as a body of Christ, that we're rooted and draw water from that stream of water so that we can then bear fruit. So it's not down to us. We are fellow workers with God, the Holy Spirit, and he works in us to do that for us. And Jesus brings that out here. He says, doesn't he, in this passage, he talks about the water, and he says to the woman, he says, you know, if you take the water, drink the water that I've got, um, then you'll be fine. You won't ever drink thirst again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
the water I give them will become a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? And so we're invited to come and drink of that water and be refreshed. So that's the second thing, that we bear fruit and we grow in our Christian lives. Third, we then, by the Spirit, bring good news to others. That's what the woman did. She did it, she went straight back to see her friends. And she said, you know, here's a man who's told me everything I ever did. Absolutely fantastic. Verses 28 and 29, just beyond where we got to. Leaving her water jar, she went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. And then, verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She brought the good news of Jesus, and they believed. And when they came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. So you see, she brought Jesus to them, and through that, many of them came to Jesus. Isn't that marvellous? That's what happened. Now we can imagine that this encounter with Jesus changed the woman's life and she lived a new life then of fruitfulness and the evidence here is that she then brought good news, the good news of Jesus to others. That's what the scripture is telling us here. For us too, Jesus has promised to be with us to bring the good news. As we preach the gospel, he said, Lo, I am with you always, and he is. And he brings people across our path. He gives us the words to say as we welcome people and speak with people. And he gives us boldness to speak his word, as happened in the Acts of the Apostles. You remember we looked at it a few weeks ago, how they were filled with the Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And so our encounter with the Holy Spirit means that we're born again with new life, that we bear fruit and are changed and transformed, and that we bring good news to others so that their lives in turn can be transformed by meeting with Jesus as the woman and those folks did in Samaria. And in all this, we're not on our own. The living God, the Holy Spirit, is with us to nourish us to refresh us for it, to fill us and strengthen us day by day. Now I want to ask you a question as I draw towards the end. Where is your place of encounter? Where is it that you meet with God, the Holy Spirit, and are brought to Jesus? It may be your place is on your own, in some special place. Quiet days, or retreat, or just at home. Remember Moses? He spent days with God, and when he came down from the mountain, his face was shining. But does your face shine when you've met with God? Or is your place of encounter a small group? like a life group or some other group of friends. And Jesus promised, didn't he, where two or three gather together in my name, there am I in the midst. There is a place of encounter. Or 
Is it our church community together? And it is. We come here together to meet with the living God, to encounter the Holy Spirit, that we, through our communal life together, can encourage one another and be a community where we are refreshed and renewed and blessed and fed by the Holy Spirit. So, with whatever you may be facing, whatever your need and demands are at the moment, or whatever ministry you're involved in, in service here or elsewhere, Jesus says, as he said in a few chapters after this, let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, and rivers of living water will flow from within them. Actually, I found that very interesting because, you know, we often think if we're drinking, the water refreshes us, but actually, if you think of the demands that are facing you as you do things for Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit, that living water, will flow out of you as well as flowing in you. He refreshes us, the Holy Spirit might flow out of us to others as well. Isn't that amazing? So, we don't need to sort of try and, uh, you know, pressure ourselves into thinking, how can I find the energy to do this? How can I do this, that and the other? We just need to wait on God and be refreshed and renewed in that place of encounter. Know the place that works for you, where you meet with God and are refreshed, so that those streams of living water can flow into you as you drink of him and flow from you to bless others with the transforming life of the Holy Spirit and the refreshing water that he offers to us. Let's pray for a few moments and just perhaps even in this place of encounter, open our hearts, our minds afresh to the Holy Spirit who wants to refresh us. Let's remind you of those words of Jesus. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. <laughs>